My guest today, Glenn Coblins, over 30 years of experiencing experience at the youth, high school, college, professional, international levels. He's won three gold medals in international competition, a national championship, and Coach of the Year honors. Currently leading a youth basketball program and mentoring youth coaches. And of course, I know Glenn from coaching the uh, adult version. We won't say how old, <laughs> 45 and over, Maccabi International basketball team. Along with a group of parents, Glenn created Benchwarmers Basketball Now, Pacific Rim Basketball, a nonprofit organization for competitive traveling teams to help youth develop as a basketball, as a people through basketball, building it into one of the largest independent basketball clubs in the area. He's a consultant for Amplify Sports Psychology. He counsels athletes, teams, coaches, and parents and developed CST, Competitive Skills Training Program, teaching athletes to incorporate imagery, relaxation, positive self-talk, and goal setting to enhance performance and improve self-esteem, enjoyment, and satisfaction. Building on CST, Glenn created Threes for Victory, a reference guide for athletes to achieve success. As an athlete, Glenn was a member of a 1985 Wilson High School State Championship basketball team, where he also completed in track and field. In college, he played basketball and ran track for Western Oregon University, and he's competed in several Maccabea games, winning one gold, one silver, and one bronze medal in basketball, a silver medal in the half marrow, down and open water swimming. He also finished fourth in the 2017 Maccabee Man Competition, which includes four endurance events over seven days. In 2013, Glenn won a Masters Basketball Championship for the Multnomah Athletic Club. A top age group competitor in triathlons, Glenn completed his first Ironman, Ironman Arizona, in 2019. Glenn is the president of his congregation, a board member at Maccabi USA, and a co-chair of the Portland JCC Maccabi Games Steering Committee. He's also captain of the Jewish Federation of Greater Portland Hood to Coast Team to Life and a proud member of the May Brith Men's Camp. Without further ado, I welcome Glenn Coblins. Good morning, Coach Glenn Coblins. How's PDX this it, morning? It is uh, rainy as usual in the spring, but it's uh, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I read your bio. I had no idea. A triathlete. I mean, I knew from looking at you that you looked athletic, but how do you make time for basketball with uh, you know running Ironmans and serving on committees, or do you multitask? Uh, multitask for sure. I've always felt that um, there are a lot of different p- types of people in this world, and um, I just happen to be an exercise holic. Um, I, you know, if my body would allow me to, I would work out all day, all the time. But life and work, and you know, uh, gets in the way sometimes. But uh, it's that's what I love to do. It's amazing, and certainly you and I are connected around being lifelong fans, players, coaches of basketball, and and I appreciate you and all the time you give to. Uh, letting adults be kids and continue to play. What do you like most about being involved with keeping sports alive throughout the lifespan? Well, first off, you know, I love, uh, obviously I love to be a part of this sports world. Um, It's been a part of my life since I was a little kid. And for me, coaching just seems like a natural extension after playing and continuing to try to play, I guess I should say, try. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As we all try to continue to play as best we can. Uh, but uh, coaching for me has been the outlet um, to, keep, to stay competitive, to have fun, to uh, develop relationships and to continue um, the mission that I, that I have is to help uh, kids develop as people through basketball. So coaching is in basketball is the vehicle to help me do that. Yes, and uh, you're involved with several youth uh, teams in the Portland area. You've even created your own uh, a a reference guide for athletes to achieve success. What do you find is the unique opportunity in working with youth athletes? 
Well, the best part for me is to help them develop. Like I said, my mission is to help uh, youth develop as people through basketball. And I think for me, there's a you know, huge, I used to coach high school basketball primarily, and there's a huge maturation process between the ages of 14 and 18. And to have that responsibility or that, that, that um, opportunity to work with youth, both male and female, help them not only on their basketball journey, but their journey in life. Because um, we all know that sports can have a huge impact on uh, a person's life when they're growing up. Um, and to have that opportunity as a coach is just uh, a truly, for me, very special and uh, something that I value very much. And one of the things that I always try to tell the kids when I first meet them is that, you know, you will always be more important to me as a play, as a person than a player. And I'll say the same thing to parents is that your child will always be more important to me as a person than a player, uh, because I may challenge them and push them and, and help them become a better basketball player, because that's my job, um, both as an individual and as a team. Uh, but really, what I'm here to do is help them continue on their development as a person. Uh, and so that they can give back to the community and be a part of the community, because sports are just a part of the educational process. And, and as coaches, we, we can have a huge positive impact on those kids. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I certainly remember some of my first coaches or played for teams that didn't do as well. But when you felt the coach cared about you and who you were, understood you, uh, those are some of the coaches I still remember to this day. And, and I know you bring sports psychology concepts to even the youngest ages. Uh, how, how young is, 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 is it okay to start learning these concepts, you know, to start applying this to your practice and your, and your coaching? That's a great question. You know, I mean, uh, my experience starts really, you know, primarily with the high school student athlete. Um, I have worked with, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders as well. You can bring elements of it, of sports psychology into the mix when you're coaching youth, um, you know, 12, 13 year olds. Um, but you just have to be um, strategic about what you're asking them to do because they may not grasp everything, but you can work on goal setting. You know, you can work on positive self-talk, um, those types of things, and just believing in yourself and the self-confidence and understanding uh, what they can do for themselves. And you can start the process of controlling the controllables and start helping them understand what's in their control and what's out of their control. And as they grow and develop and mature, you can continue to add things to that, um, just like you do in physical skills, you know, whether you're teaching right hand or left hand in basketball, you know, layups, both hands, you know, it, it takes a while for the kids to really grasp how to do a layup, even strong hand, but then to add to the weak hand to it. It's the same thing for mental skills is there, you know, you gradually increase and you continue to add uh, to their uh, skill set. Yeah, you mentioned control the controllables, and I know I work with athletes, I work with non-athletes, and, and, and learning how to accept that there are things in life that you can't control is really hard, uh, and then yet that there's something really empowering in getting someone to focus in-game or in their own life to control the controllables, right? Uh, how are some unique ways you've you know, begun to teach that uh, at a younger level? Well, I try to break it down and I ask them a simple question, like, what could you guys control? And, you know, obviously the younger student athletes, they may not know things they can control or can't control until you give them examples. But as they grow and develop into 13, 14, 15 year olds, they, they can answer the question, you know, with a few, with a few items. And for example, you know, what are some things that are 
that you can control 100%? Well, the first one is your effort. So we start there. We just start with, if you play as hard as you can, um, every time you get the opportunity, that's controlling the controllables, right? You can, you can control your effort. You can give it everything you have. Others may be able to influence that by doing certain things, but you can control your effort. And then as we get older and as they grasp that, we can go to the attitude uh, that 100% you can control your attitude to have to be positive and constructive, um, to be toward teamwork and and everything else that it takes to be a successful team, not just an individual. Um, so we continue to add things to that, you know, starting with effort and then moving on to attitude. And then we can, we can go on from there. But if you can get the kids to really buy into, you know, giving it everything they have and having a positive attitude and practice and games and taking that to carry over in their daily lives, you know, that's a win. And I'll take that any day. Right. Especially at an age where one year kids are a foot taller than you. And then next year you might catch up to them a little bit. <laughs> you know, you may go into teams and just be physically outmanned and, and there's not a lot you can do uh, or be up against somebody who's just, you know, has more physical skill at that moment in time. Yeah. I mean, it, we've all been there in, in terms of playing and coaching. You know, we've been in situations where just because you win a game does not mean you played well or vice versa. Just because you lose a game doesn't mean you you didn't play well because of what you talked about. You know, you may be physically out um, outsized, out you know, uh, less talent. There's a lot of things that go into a game, um, but that's why we try to focus on ourselves and not focus on the opponents or anything else. Because if you can walk away knowing that you played well, you may play against a much better team, but you played uh, played a great game. And you know, I can. Uh, a great example of that is this year, the first opportunity that, you know, I was able to coach my son's fourth grade basketball team. And because of the pandemic, you know, usually you start basketball in third grade, but this year, you know, because of the pandemic last year, you know, this was their first experience, first opportunity to play. So they're fourth graders who have really never played before. And we worked with them, but, you know, the first time they played in the game, uh, we had an opportunity to play a uh, jamboree where we played three quarters. And the second two quarters that we played, were against fifth grade teams and they were all scared and intimidated. And we had really good coaches that just worked with them to say, just go out and play, just go have fun, right? Don't worry about anything else. And the second two quarters that they played against two fifth grade teams, they played fantastic. And though we lost both quarters, they were competitive and they played hard hard. Um, and it was just a really cool thing to see that the kids just played and it's, that's what you want, right? You, you don't want to judge yourself against your opponent. You want to judge yourself with yourself and how you played and how you know that if you played well or you didn't play well. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things we can do just to make sure that we focus on ourselves and not somebody else. Yeah. It's a valuable, valuable lesson across all levels. Right. And what it's like to be met with excitement and enthusiasm when you're giving all your effort and not to be judged just by results. How uh, did your parents foster your interest in multiple sports? How did they keep you going so that you're still pursuing accolades in adulthood? Well, I had a, I had I was fortunate enough to have a lot, a lot of great mentors and a lot of great people around me and my family um, who supported me. And it was difficult because I, I was all over the place playing this and playing that. And uh, unfortunately, I grew up uh, with injuries in my life a lot when I was a young kid. Um, so my parents had to take care of me uh, physically as well um, and hold me back and not return too early to sport, which you know, most kids um, that are competitive will do. Um, so I was lucky. I had uh, a very you know, mom that really wanted to support me. I had an uncle who played, uh, was captain of his tennis team in college. 
who supported me. I had grandparents that would drive me to and from practice a lot as my grandparents were in my life. So um, I had a great examples of, of effort and attitude in my family um, that uh, fostered a great attitude for me uh, to just work as hard as I could and, you know, have fun with it. Um, although I wanted to be more competitive, but they were always, you have to enjoy it. You have to, you know, have fun with what you're doing. And as a kid, you know, I couldn't really control my competitiveness. I was way too competitive, which made me play almost too hard and not really understand the tactical part of the sport of, you know, knowing when to sprint and when to slow down. Because as basketball, football, soccer, whatever sport that you're playing, there are times when you have to slow down and really read the defense or understand what's going on. And as a kid, I, did, I didn't do that. And so that's one of the things that helped me go into coaching is I wanted to teach those kids that were like me that just went way too hard all the time. Effort's great, but you also have to know when to slow down and, and be able to beat your opponent. I'm glad um, you so said that. that. Uh, I'm glad you said that, Glenn, because, you know, I took martial arts. I, I started as an adult with my son when he was three. Uh, and, you know, they teach you which animal you kind of your style is like. And mine was completely tiger, like, you know, just a, a bigger man, always trained to go forward and hard and charge that thing. And they showed me that I was getting beaten by, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit, you know, slender females. I was getting beat by quicker opponents who could get in quick and get out of my my range. And that taught me, right, there's, there's more than one style. You need to adapt in order to beat your opponent, you need to, and you also need to be aware of what your weaknesses are, your tendencies are, or they can get exploited. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things that you learn as you go as coaching and, you know, knowing when to push, when to slow down, knowing when to attack and not to attack, um, being able to read the defense and knowing your opponent and knowing your opponent's weaknesses, like you talked about, knowing yourself, um, your strengths and weaknesses, but also being able to read and understand your opponent's strengths and weaknesses so that you can counter that. Um, those are all part of the strategy, which I love that part of coaching. That's one of the reasons why I went into coaching is because of the strategic planning that takes place um, to understand who you're going against and how you can utilize your skill set to to be successful. How do you make the transition from working with youth to, you know, coaching uh, physicians and entrepreneurs, uh, people with a lot of success and a, a lot of um, maybe sometimes some, you know, locked in beliefs in terms of their own success levels? How do you make that adjustment? Yeah, it's really difficult at times. You know, I mean, this year for me, just as an example, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> this year I had the, the, the great fortune to work with my fourth grade son and, and his group of 23 kids, <laughs> um, which was fantastic. And I loved every minute of it, um, just seeing the kids' eyes light up when they play. And then I coached, um, I've had the opportunity to coach a 20-something team, a 30-something team at my club to play in regional and national tournaments, and then also a 45 and over master's team from around the country uh, that will travel to Israel this summer in the World Maccabiya Games. So the, the variety is uh, is a lot to work with. And you're right, some are, some are physicians, some are attorneys, some are just, uh, you know, every other, there's a lot of professions out there. Um, but I think the one thing that has helped me overall, no matter which or what level of um, coaching is just being honest and open and transparent and coaching from a standpoint of, I'm here to help you. I'm here to, to do you know, what I can to help us, this team be successful. And granted, there are different ways to communicate with a 45-year-old than a 10-year-old, um, but the honesty and the integrity stays the same. Um, and it's for the adults, 
it's really about asking them uh, to allow uh, themselves to be coached. And if we want to be successful, that's one of the first things that I told our, our master's team is for us to be successful, you know, I, I, I ask you to allow me to coach you, allow me to say something to you, allow yourself to open up and to listen and be to hear. Um, I won't, I promise, I won't tell you a lot. I will, I promise not to overcoach or, or anything like that, but there are going to be times when I have to say something based on the coaching, based on what I see. And I hope you will allow me to coach and, you know, allow yourself to be coached, even though that you may know the game as well or better than me. There are times when I just, you know, a coach has to coach. And so I hope you allow to do that. So for the older guys, it's, it's asking them to allow themselves to be coached, which really helps. It's a key concept, right? We really as adults have to choose to allow in information and accept someone to be a source of that information and accept, like we say, trust the process, right? Allow the coaching. Yeah. And I, and I think one of the things, one of the tricks of the trade that I learned a long time ago when I was a young, young coach, just learning, just getting into the game. And I worked at a, a Portland Trailblazers basketball camp. It was called Hoop Heaven. Um, and at that time, Rick Adelman was the coach um, of the Portland Trailblazers. He was a new coach. Um, he was an assistant coach and they took over. And then obviously they had, if uh, those that remember, they had a lot of success. Team. Yeah. yeah the, the late 80s, early 90s with, you know, Clyde Drexler and Terry Porter and all those guys. So one of the questions, we would sit with him at lunch and, you know, coaches would pepper him with questions. And, you know, it was just a situation where we asked him, like, how, how, how did you become successful? How, how, do you, how did you get everyone to buy into what you wanted them to do? And he, he told us very simply, he goes, you get the best player on the team and you get close to him and everything else falls into place. Um, and that time it was Clyde Drexler and he was really close to Clyde because he was an assistant coach. And so he got really close to Clyde Drexler. And when he became head coach, Clyde bought into his things a hundred percent so that everyone on the team would follow suit. And if they didn't, then if your best player's there and your other players aren't, he said, then that the players take care of that. And so I really didn't have to worry about that. So I've kind of bought into that philosophy. I've used that a few times in my uh, coaching of adults. And especially this time with the masters, you know, I've, I've really got close to the, 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 couple guys that I knew were the top players and really the influencers on the team. Um, there are leaders and there are influencers. And if you get close to them, uh, the rest of the guys usually follow suit and, and, and kind of follow in because they know that, hey, this guy's in it. You know, let's go. Let's all stay together and, and be connected. That's great stuff. And certainly even even being a teenager in New York, I, I remember those Portland teams and, you know, remember imitating uh, Kevin Duckworth and Tough, tough competition. Uh, never quite got that title, though, did they, right? Just, nope. They got yeah. to the finals, but they did not. They made it to the finals twice against Detroit and against Chicago uh, a year after each other, but uh, never got over the hill to the championship. And so the, the lone championship in Portland is the 76-77 Blazers, but uh, and we're, we're nowhere near that right now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, certainly a great, I mean, I love great basketball town and, and exciting to watch a game up there. So how about for you? Are you going to continue now that you've uh, the triathlete? You, you, re you recently did an event in 2019, uh, right before the pandemic. Are you going to continue on that uh, doing adult races? Yes, I continue to train. I can, you know, like I said, I'm an exercise holic, so it's hard for me to stop. I've had a few injuries this year, but nagging injuries for the most part. But uh, yeah, I'm on the bike every every weekend. I run, I swim. Uh, I'm even trying to play basketball in a master's competition. Uh, we'll have a national tournament here in three weeks. So yeah, I'm, I'm still trying. As long as my body allows, I'm going to continue to compete and train. And 
I don't have any races this summer yet because of going away to Israel because it was really hard with all the travel leading up to that. But maybe this late summer, early fall, uh, I might do a triathlon and then, you know, next summer for sure. That's great. Well, uh, novices out there are still looking. We'll, we'll take your uh, your crib notes if you have them. You bet. Anytime. <laughs> Any tips for adults out there that want to push themselves to get to their next level and uh, get back out there after after the pandemic? Sure. Uh, absolutely. The first advice that I give everyone is start slow. <laughs> Walk before you can run, you know, or jog and jog before you can run. Uh, those are great uh, lessons to live by, especially if you're if you haven't been active for a while. Uh, the best thing you can do is start slow and build up very slowly and continue to build, uh, but don't jump back into it thinking that you could be back where you were before the pandemic or even when you were younger. It's real important. Your body changes as you get older and you, you need to take it slow and your body will adjust and it will acclimate to the, the stresses, but you have to take it slow and then, you know, put together a plan, you know, and uh, talk to coaches, talk to trainers and put together a plan so that you can follow it and be strategic in your training, not just to go out there and do something. And it, and really it goes back to, you know, what's, what I like to call the main thing is what's your goal? What's your objective? Is your objective just for fitness? Then yeah, then go out there and have fun and enjoy, you know, hiking or biking or swimming or whatever that you love to do. But if your goal is to compete or to participate in a triathlon or a, or a 5k, 10k road race, or, you know, maybe playing a tennis tournament or whatever the case may be, you know, what is, what is your goal? What are your goals and let your goals drive how you get back into it. Uh, because that's what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, the most important thing is to stay healthy and be happy and enjoy what you're doing so that you want to continue to do it and your body will allow you to do it. Um, but I think those are really some important lessons to at least start back into some physical activity. Well said, well said. Yes, I'm, I'm well-versed in the stretching and taking care of the body in ways that maybe maybe we didn't when we were younger, just grinding it out, able to get back out there on the court every day. Absolutely. <laughs> Lick those know that you can't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to love playing basketball three, four times a week, but there's no way I can do that now. I mean, it's just my body would, would not be able to uh, play three times a week. If I play twice a week, that's good enough for me because I know that anything more than that, my body will just start aching. And um, especially if I want to do other things like, you know, swim, bike, run, um, let alone do any yoga or other things that really, really help because I am a big fan of yoga and stretching and just relaxation uh, to let your body recover because that's part of your training program is letting your body recover. So rest and recuperation should be built into any training program. Do you, do you swim in the, in the pool? Or in, the ocean. in the pool during the winter and then during, you know, when it gets nicer out, we'll go out and find some lakes and some open body uh, bodies of water to do some open swimming. It's, um, I enjoy that very much being out there without a pool to go back and forth in laps. It's nice to get out and just swim for however long you want to swim. And uh, whether we do, you know, intervals while we're swimming in the open body or while we just swim out and back, whatever it is, I've enjoyed that very much. Lastly, what does it mean to you to be leading a team? We know the importance of, you know, the, the Maccabee Games. I think it's the third largest Olympic Games that was postponed with the pandemic. And uh, I know you competed and won several medals 
uh, prior. What's it like to be leading a bunch of adults there and be heading there this summer? Well, first of all, for me, it's it's uh, it's a lifelong passion. You know, I've been involved with the Maccabi Games since uh, 1999, so it's been a long, it's been 20 plus years. Um, I've served in every capacity possible for Maccabi USA, from you know a team manager, assistant team manager, to delegation head, to chair of women's basketball, and coach of women's basketball. Um, I've played on the masters team. I've competed in the in endurance challenges or endurance racing in the games. So I, I've had the opportunity to, to run the gamut and I love it. I love every minute of it. Um, but now to have the opportunity to coach the Masters uh, 45 and over team for the summer, you know, it's really been a goal of mine since I played in 2013. You know, the Masters 45 team has never won gold in the World Maccabi Games in Israel. Um, so obviously that's our goal. Um, but I went in with two goals and I was really clear with that, with all the players that came to tryouts and then have been in the, the training camps is that, you know, we, we have to have two goals. We have to obviously have the goal on the court to win the, the gold medal. I mean, that's something that everyone shares. But you also have to have the goal of having a positive experience on and off the, the court because you're going to spend upwards of two weeks in Israel with these families, really, not just the teammates, but the families. A lot of the families are going to come. So that experience is you're going to have, you should just value that experience off the court as much as you do on court, because it's really about the brotherhood and the sisterhood and just having a family uh, that you can call, you know, I call my Maccabi family around the country and around the world now after 20 plus years. Um, and I think that's the best feeling that, that I have is that knowing that I'm going to spend the two weeks with these great guys and their families and, and just have a great time. Um, while competing as hard as we can uh, to bring home the gold for you know our team that's we've never done. So um, that really drives me both ends, the on and off the court. Yeah, I love that you said that, right? That it's about the relationships, it's about the journey and the bonding that occurs as part of it. And sometimes the teams that I've been on that have had the most success, you feel the closest to your teammates and, and in the process. Whereas if the goal is just to get a result, we may miss the forest from the trees kind of a situation. Uh, well said. Well said. Yes. So I know you're short on time. Thank you so much, Coach Coblins, uh, for being in my life and for being in the basketball arena and for going on this journey, for taking a leadership position. It's unpaid. It's volunteer. Uh, your heart is evident in all you do. Can you tell our listeners how to reach you, how to find out uh, more? I know you've got a couple websites out there. Or how can they learn more about uh, your skills reference manual? Sure. Glenn Koblenz in Portland, Oregon. You can go to PDX Oops. That's Portland. That's uh, the abbreviation for Portland, pdxoops.com. Probably the best website right now. And you can, you know, you can uh, email me there or you can email me at gkoblenz at gmail.com. Either one works and I'd be happy to hear and help you in any way I can. Yes. I mean, I can speak. He's a man of his word. <laughs> Many a phone call, emails. I don't know. When do you block out the time for, for admin work versus your own exercise? You need a personal assistant, I think. I think that, uh, you know, usually my phone works really well. Um, <laughs> it goes with me everywhere, and that's my personal assistant. And, I, you know, it's really, it's, it's really, I, I love being, I love helping people. And whether it's the mental skills training, whether it's coaching, or whether it's just, you know, I also do a lot of business strategy coaching. And um, so I, I enjoy all ends of it. Um, it's really fun to meet new people. And, and as you probably have learned in your career, 
uh, I learn as much from everyone that I talk to that they may learn from me. So it's it's about the journey, as you talked about. It's always being a student of the game. You know, no matter who you are, where you are, you can learn more. You can you can absorb more, and you becomes you become a better person because of it. So for me, it's all about that journey of of learning and and helping others and giving back. So you know, please don't hesitate to give me a call or reach out to me, and um, I would love to hear from you. All right, Coach. Well, I look forward to staying in touch and excited. Good luck. I hope uh, we break the seal on the gold medal this summer and uh, look forward to, to staying involved and staying connected. You got it. Thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, have a great day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, a true gift and honor to speak to uh, such a kind, thoughtful coach uh, who gives so much to so many and who is constantly willing to put his time on the line for youth sports, for adults, and to model that, what it's like to be a lifelong athlete. Uh, that's what inspires me the most, that so many of my listeners are adults. They're in their careers. They, they're looking for ways to keep that fire going, and yet they want to be able to show up to work on Monday morning and lead their lives as entrepreneurs, as parents, as family people, and, and they, they still want to learn to push the envelope. They still want to grow. They want to be in optimal health, and they want to keep challenging themselves for optimal happiness. I thank all of you for supporting and listening to the show. Please share uh, the show with someone you love or care about or tell them about it, like, listen, or comment on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, you can follow the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Richard listens with the blue icon. Thank you all. Look for my new book released now today on Amazon, The Zero Method, Awaken the Hero Within. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Take care, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out.